friends. Welcome back to my podcast. Today we are going to talk about the decline of Spanish rule in Europe and the rise of British power and influence. We will also discuss the English colonization of the Americas, as well as the founding of Jamestown and, and its significance. Be warned, this podcast is going to be somewhat longer than normal. In the previous episode, we talked about the discovery and exploration of the Americas by the Spanish conquistadors. The Spanish Empire grew very powerful. Spain's rule in the 16th century to early 17th century covered modern-day Holland, Belgium, and Luxembourg, as well as Burgundy, Milan, and southern Italy. Spain also had forts and trading posts established in Brazil, Portugal, Africa, and India. Large amounts of land in the Philippines and Latin America were also claimed by the Spanish crown. There was, this was a lot of territory to cover and defend. England, France, and the Dutch were a constant threat to Spain. Thus, in 1588, he tired of constant looting of his ships by the, by the English. King Philip II of Spain decided to go to war with England. His plan was to overthrow Qu- Queen Mary and destroy the Protestant heretics. Philip II gathered a huge armada, a fleet of nearly 130 vessels. But luck favored the English this time, and the invincible armada was completely decimated. This was the beginning of an end for the bankrupt Spain. Many rebellions and defeats happened over the course of, 17th, of the 17th century for Spain. For once, Spain signed a humiliating truce with the Dutch, acknowledging their independence. A large amount of land was given to France after a Spanish tercio lost to the French. Portugal-Spain Union split apart and Portugal became an independent country, as well as the last king in the Habsburg dynasty, Charles II, proved to be a weak leader. There was no heir after his death, and after his death, a new dynasty came to power, the French House of Bourbon. France became the new major power in Europe. Meanwhile, England decided to seize the moment and follow in Spanish footsteps. Seeing the huge successes of the Spanish, English, the English decided to secure wealth in the New World. They wanted gold and other raw materials to take back to England. The plan was to use gold, furs, exotic animals, and other precious metals to, and gems to manufacture goods for trade. Thus, in 1585, Sir Walter Raleigh made the first attempt to set up a colony in the New, in the new World. He organized an expedition and set sail to America. Unfortunately for Raleigh and his people, the local tribes were not happy to see the newly arrived adventurers and did everything they could to prevent the English from staying on their land. Constant attacks from the local tribe, low food supplies, and no way of growing more forced the first settlers to return to England. However, this setback didn't stop Raleigh's determination of pleasing the Queen, and in 1587 he assembled another expedition to Roanoke. Under John White's lead, a, a 100 first colonists made the voyage across the ocean. Raleigh didn't go this time, and after dropping off the first colonists at the island, Captain John White quickly returned to England. He wanted to get more supplies and food for the people that were left to colonize Roanoke. At this time, Spain declared war against England. This event changed Captain White's plans, and he was, unable, and he was able to make it back to Roanoke only in 1590. Upon his arrival, he could not find a single person on the island. Everyone disappeared into thin air. 
For the longest time, scientists and historians worked on solving this mystery with no conclusive answer. However, in 1998, archaeologists learned that during the period of 1587 through 1589, there were drought conditions in Roanoke, and perhaps the first 100 colonists assimilated with the local Croatoan tribe and moved to a nearby island. Hopefully, one day we will solve this mystery. After learning the news about the lost colony, Queen Elizabeth I was wary about sending another expedition across the ocean. It was not until 1606 that a newly crowned King James I approved the Virginia Stock Company's charter. It is important to point out that the Virginia Stock Company, also known as Virginia Company of London, was a joint stock company. This means that anyone could buy shares or stocks in the company. If the company's venture was successful, then the investors received the profit, and otherwise, if the company failed its venture, then investors would lose their money. In case with Virginia Stock Company, their venture was to discover gold and silver deposits, as well as to find a river route from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific to achieve a new way to trade with the Asians of Asia and make profit by any means possible. Also, they claimed all land from Florida up to the north along the east coast and named it Virginia in honor of Queen Elizabeth I. Thus, by the end of the year, the Virginia Company of London gathered three ships to accommodate the first 144 colonists to build the first English settlement in North America. By spring of 1607, they reached the newly discovered continent and chose a small island in the James River to set up their camp. They called it Jamestown. Needless to say, the first few years turned out to be quite difficult for the, for the new immigrants. For once, they chose a not-so-good location to set up their fort. The area was swampy and the water was stale. People didn't have a sewer system at this time either. As a result, it became, the swamps became highly contaminated with human waste. Since the James River was the colonists' only source of water, people started to get sick and die from dysentery. Another threat came from the local tribe, the Algonquians. I pronounced that wrong. But. Lo- the locals didn't like the new neighbors and constantly attacked them. For the most part, the English had to stay within the walls of their new compound, which limited their farming and hunting abilities. But since the first colonists were mainly nobles, they didn't have any clue about farming anyway. As a side note, I would like to point out that after the original 104 volunteers that came to establish colony in Jamestown, and all subsequent new colonists consisted mainly of children, convicts, servants, and rebels. When leaving England, the expected, they expected to the Virginia Stock Company to supply provisions, and as a backup, the main and as a backup, the main plan was to trade with the locals for food. Since Powhatan didn't like the new invaders of their territory, colonists were left with only one solution. They had to rely on supply ships. Indeed, shortly after dropping the, off the first people at Jamestown, Captain Christopher Newport took 40 members of, crew, of his crew along with two ships and went back to England to resupply on food, necessary items, and new colonists. When he returned in early 1608, Captain Newport found only 38 surviving colonists out of the original 104. Terrified, he knew that something had to be done. Thus, later in 1608, an agreement was reached between John Smith, who also became a president of the Virginia, 
and Chief Powhatan, the leader of the Algonquian tribe. The newly arrived people could now trade with locals. Englishmen were good glass and wine makers, and they traded with the natives for food and other local goods. Still, it wasn't enough. Food was scarce, and Captain Newport had to make more trips back to England to resupply on food and crops, as well as new colonists. John Smith, meanwhile, ad- agitated English gen- uh, no- gentlemen to work, growing their own crops and farm, or otherwise to starve. He said, and I quote, You must obey this now for a law, that he that will not work shall not eat, except by sickness he be disabled. For the labors of thirty or forty honest and industrious men should, shall not be consumed to maintain a hundred and fifty idle lo- loiterers. It was a tough call, but it encouraged the newly arrived people to learn to farm and grow crops. Success was short and was short-lived, though. In the summer of 1609, there was a drought and crops didn't grow as planned. There were now hundreds more settlers, but still not enough food and supplies. When John Smith went to England in 1609 to tell the king about the situation in Jamestown, Powhatan, but Powhatan and his tribe called off the truce and, and trade agreement. Colonists were back to square one. The second wave of starvation happened. It was called the Starving Times. The situation was so dire, people were reserved to eating horses, dogs, rats, and by some accounts, even human flesh. Hmm. In fact, there were only about 100 colonists survived by 1610. When Sea Venture, a new supply ship, arrived at Jamestown in spring of 1610, people were ready to abandon the idea of colonizing the new continent. Indeed, on June 7, 1610, the remaining colonists boarded the ship and started on their way down the James River and to the Atlantic. However, before they could ever make their way out of the river, another fleet arrived. Along with fresh supplies, food, and new settlers, the sea venture turned around and went back to Jamestown. This happened to be the turning point for the colonists. Their lives started to change. New leaders arrived. Sir Thomas Dale wrote new laws for the colony as well as adding and organized those written by other thinkers. Dale's laws were cruel and established an an authoritarian regime in the colony. People were prohibited to run away and join the Algonquian Indian Indian tribe, established a strict control over the trade between the local tribes and the English, Punishments were severe for any actions that endangered the colony, including theft and such. These laws were in effect up until 1618. More villages and forts started to be built along the James River. Farming efforts continued, and in 1611, colonists harvested the first crop of corn. Relationships between Native Americans and and the English remained shaky. In fact, in 1613... Colonists captured Pocahontas, daughter of Chief Powhatan, and held her for ransom. While living in the colonist camp, Pocahontas learned English and converted to Christianity. Along with living with the colonists, Pocahontas met John Rolfe, who she married in 1614. 
This secured relative peace between the natives and the settlers. A significant fact about John Rolfe is that he was the original tobacco grower. In 1609, he was on board the Sea Venture, a ship that ha- that was too damaged by the hurricane, and all the people aboard had to spend a year in the Bermuda Islands while the ship was repaired. At that time, the Spanish had control over these territories. While there, John Rolfe had learned how to grow and cultivate tobacco. Indeed, Spaniards were the only ones at that time bringing tobacco to Europe in mass quantities, therefore racking in huge profits. Thus, once the ship was ready to set sail for Virginia, (coughs) John Rolfe gathered the tobacco seeds and brought it with him to Jamestown in 1610. There were two speeds... There were two species of tobacco in the Bermuda Islands, Nicotiana rustica and Nicotiana tobaccum, none of which the English liked. However, John Rolfe got hold of a finer tobacco seeds, Trinidad tobacco, and planted it as an experiment in Jamestown. Soil in Virginia happened to be very fruitful for growing tobacco plant, and in 1613, John Rolfe along with his wife Pocahontas, presented the first 2,300 pounds of Trinidad tobacco to King James I in England. Rolf presented it as a principal commodity that the colony yielded. King James I gave his approval of the tobacco grade, and upon Rolf's return to Jamestown in 1617, the settlers went wild about growing it. At last, they had found the means not just to survive, but to thrive. In 1619, a general assembly was established. The purpose of it was to establish one equal was to establish one equal and uniform government over all Virginia and and introduce just laws for happy guiding and governing of the people there inhabiting. Settlers now had a local governing body that worked to promote measures for the good of the colonists. Free white male settlers elected the representatives and it became a model for representative government in later colonies. In fact, it was the first representative branch that started in 1619 and is still in effect today in North America. Growing tobacco was a very labor-intensive enterprise. To attract new people to Virginia, a headright system was developed. It means that if people could pay for their trip to the New World, they would receive 50 acres of land upon arrival to grow tobacco. On the other hand, if they could not pay for themselves, they could find a sponsor and become indentured servants. In this case, a person could work for five to seven years for a landowner to repay his debt, receive 50 acres, and to earn his freedom back. If the peasant died on the ship during the voyage, the sponsor still received 50 acres of land. This was a very beneficial system for landowners. Just like that, they quickly became rich and powerful plantation owners. Indeed, it became a miniature version of England, where 75% were indentured servants and slaves, and 25% of the population were landowners. The price of the trip across the Atlantic in 1618 to 1623 was around six English pounds per person. Today it equals to about $215. Not many people survived being indentured servants and new settlers in Virginia. 
The living conditions were bad, to say the least. Workload was unbearable, which caused a nearly 75% mortality rate. Many landowners made indentured servants work like slaves towards the end of the contract so they wouldn't survive until the end of their term. <coughs> Some indentured servants were lucky enough to escape such harsh landowners. Many died. Even fewer got their land. By 1640, colonists had shipped half a million pounds, no, a million and a half pounds of tobacco to England. Although, also by 1640, there were only 8,000 people left out of 20,000 that had immigrated between 1607 and 1640. The need for more labor was obvious. Unfortunately for the original settlers, gold and silver didn't wash up on the shores of the James River. However, through perseverance, a lot of pain, sacrifice, and hard work, they were able to survive and were rewarded with vast profits. I hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time. Bye.